Welcome to Thank You Midstage Drape, a podcast where a group of high school theater students interview professionals within the performing arts industry and get a look at what goes on behind the midstage drape. Today we have me, Erin, Dina, and M. Today we will be interviewing comedian and Seattle-based television personality Nancy Guppy. How are you doing today, Nancy? I'm doing swell. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. We're so happy to have you here today. Could you tell us about your previous experience in the entertainment industry, please? Sure. Um, I, my career has mostly, as an adult, has mostly been spent in local television. And my first, I, I got involved in theater, kind of um, fringy theater in the 80s. And then I got hired uh, for a show called Almost Live, which was a sketch comedy show on King TV as a writer performer. Um, then my husband, by that point, my husband, Joe, and I, we moved to Los Angeles and we wrote for TV down in Los Angeles for three or four years. Came back. I got back involved with Almost Live and stayed with it until it went off the air in the late 90s or 2000. And then I did a bunch of odd little things. I was on morning radio. I hosted a show called The Salmon Exchange, which was an environmental show. I didn't know much at all about salmon. I learned a lot. So I did that, and then I developed this show, Art Zone, which the first iteration of Art Zone was this tiny five-minute show called City of Go-Go, which was, you know, little tiny features on artists and a little tiny calendar of art events. And then that blossomed and developed into Art Zone, which is a half-hour show um, that airs on the Seattle channel and um, streams, of course. And it covers the gamut of art that's going on in the kind of the Seattle, but the Northwest region, basically. And um, that's what I've been doing for a little over 10 years. Awesome. Okay, so you were a writer and cast member for the sketch comedy program Almost Live. Can you tell us a bit about what that was like? And do you recall any specific experiences that allowed you to grow as a performer or a writer that you remember? Yeah, that, yeah. Um, so it was, it was a really, um, it was one of the, I couldn't imagine a better job getting to work in sketch comedy. So writing and performing, but staying local, right? Staying in Seattle, not having to be in New York or, or, or LA. I mean, I, eventually I did that, but it was so much fun to have a job that you could basically make a living and be creating sketch comedy. Um, I think a real learning moment for me, I have many of them, but there was a moment when um, we were having going to have a pitch meeting and a pitch meeting, which you may know, is you go in and you pitch your ideas. And in my case, I would usually write my sketches out very specifically, very detailed because I'm very I'm anal retentive. Let's put it that way. I'm very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. So when you pitch, it would be at the pitch table, it would come to me and then you pitch your ideas. So a pitch meeting was like coming up in a day or so. And let's just say it was a Tuesday and I didn't really have my material together or I didn't feel like I had good ideas. The upshot is I was in a panic and I was at having lunch with my other almost life buddies. And I was just kind of getting to know them, some of them. And I had this intense desire to tell them how anxious I was. I wanted to say, because I wanted them to, it's like, I wanted to relieve my anxiety. I wanted them to save me. I, I, it's hard to describe that panicky feeling. But I knew in the moment at that lunch table, don't say anything. Go home, talk to your husband or call a good friend and freak out with them. Don't freak out here. And I didn't. 
And so I was able to get my stuff together. The pitch meeting went really well. A few items, a few sketches they liked. But what I learned from that was hold, it doesn't mean you can't have anxiety. Everyone has anxiety, but hold steady. Hold yourself steady. Don't ask other people, especially who uh, in the work environment who may not know you super well at that point, don't let them know that you're, you're insecure and don't have confidence because they then have to take care of you at that point. Now, I am not suggesting that we don't show our vulnerabilities. That's not at all. It's kind of like knowing when and knowing where to do it. And I think also in that example or that, that situation, I had to prove to myself, you can do it and you got to dig really deep and just do the work sit down and start writing and it and it worked out so that was one kind of you know time when i i learned a, a lot about myself i kind of just how to um, kind of believe in myself i i would say is a good way to put it mm -hmm. because really i never felt i never felt iffy about my abilities after that i mean i may have had you know moments of bad writing or bad ideas that's for sure but i didn't i didn't question my own innate like can i even do this and then i would say um one thing I learned along the way early, more early on in the sketch comedy writing stuff is shorter is better. Brevity is better. And there's so many pieces that I wrote early on in my almost live career that I look at them now and I go, oh my God, if I could only cut 20 seconds, if I could only cut 30 seconds, if I can only cut that moment that I thought was so funny, but it just, it, it's going on too long. And now the whole, the whole sketch is just a little less funny as a result of it's too long. So I learned early on brevity, cut to the bone, cut to the chase. Um, and that was super useful for, for every, for all kind of writing that I've done, but obviously certainly with comedy. I love that. That's great advice for first making a good first impression and then also learning how to motivate yourself and trust your own abilities. I think that's great. Um, for my second question, um, in 2015, I believe you created your own uh, local television program, Art Zone, with Nancy Guppy. What was your inspiration behind this program, and what message were you wanting to kind of deliver with that to your audience? Well, so that actually, the uh, Art Zone with Nancy Guppy started in 2010, or 20, 2009 or 2010, mm. and this the, the little, that thing I mentioned, City of Go-Go, was this a version, a tiny version that I did around 2004. What what that came out of City Gogo -Go or Art Zone. But what what that came out of was I had been all of my career had been sketch comedy character, always playing something else. And I had kind of done it. I was been I kind of had finished uh, expressing myself in that way. And I still liked to do TV stuff or um, you know hosting or whatever but I wanted to do it as myself. So, so that was the, the impetus for doing a show where it's me, you know, talking to the camera. Um, and then I was also, I think in the late nineties and, and somewhere in there, I was really getting really interested in art, all types of art, visual art, theatrical art I knew about, dance, you know, film, all that. So I was really interested in that. And I'm also was very interested in the people making that stuff, the people, the human connection there. So um, I wanted to create a show that um, focused the spotlight on artists in particular. And most artists are not going to, quote, make it. And by that, I mean they're not going to make a living at their art, whether they're a painter or a choreographer or a filmmaker. Some are going to, but some are many aren't. 
I wanted to send the message to these, not only the artists, but then to the audience, you know, as a whole that might be watching ArtZone, um, that you matter, that what you're doing, no matter what level it is at, it matters, it's, it's adding to this world. Art always adds to the world because art is ideas. Someone makes a painting, it's their idea, right? Someone makes a dance, it's their idea. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to, to send the message to them, you matter. I mean, that, that's really the fundamental, you matter. Because I think at the end of the day, what really does matter is how we treat one another and how we connect and um, communicate. And um, so that, that really is my driver is making a human connection. Oh, I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I very much agree with that. Art is always contributing to our world. And I think it's awesome to have programs like this that kind of highlight that and appreciate the artists at their core. So that's great. Um, and then my last question for you today is what is your favorite part just in general about writing sketch comedy and why? You know, my favorite part is crafting the script. Um, getting like, I'll give you an example and a bit that I wrote, it was called nature walk with Chuck. The premise was simple. It was, there's a host of a nature show who doesn't care at all about nature. So there's this wonderful, huge gap, right? Nature and this guy doesn't really care at all, but he's kind of amoral. It's not like he's trying to be a jerk. He just kind of is a jerk. So that was the premise. And then it was, it's the fun for me was like, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I take this idea and make it into a understandable sketch that we can then act it, know how to shoot it, what are the little minutiae, the little bits that will sell this idea of jerky host nature? Um, and so it's really the the fine fine crafting of the of the of the words on the page that I like the very most. And you want to know why? Because that's why I have the most control, and I'm a quality control freak. So there you go. <laughs> I love that. Me too. So understandable. <laughs> Thank you so much for your insight. Those are my questions. And Erin, it's on to you. Okay, thank you. So um, many people have aspirations of writing or acting in sketch comedy show in sketch comedy shows like the ones you've participated in. And what would you say are the best tips you'd have for the people interested in entering the sketch comedy field? Well, you know, when I started, there wasn't the internet. You know, I am, you guys, I am like 180 years old. <laughs> so, um, so there was, there wasn't the opportunities there are now, right? So anyone can say, I'm going to uh, write something and I'm going to get it on the YouTube or whatever. So just in terms of the opportunities, it's really a different world, but I would say that no matter what um, platform you're trying to get onto, whether it's like commercial television, like SNL, right? Saturday Night Live or a YouTube thing or some online show, it's the material. <laughs> so um, if you are interested in sketch comedy as a writer, um, you have to work on coming up with ideas, coming up with premises. What's the basic premise of the idea? Like I mentioned, you know, the nature walk show or um, I can give you many examples of, of stuff that I worked with, that I wrote. Um, but you come up with the premise and then you have to do the really, really hard work. And that's all it is, is you sit down and you just start banging away at it. You start trying to figure out how can I make this, on, make it on the page, something that will be visual. You know, does that make sense? Because obviously uh, if it's almost live or SNL or whatever, kids in the hall, 
um, it's a visual medium. So, so figuring out how to uh, get your ideas into a visual realm. And it might be really useful because I, I did a little writing on my own before I got on Almost Live, but then I was on Almost Live. So I was with other writers, you know, and we were working together. And um, as much as pitch meetings could sometimes be a drag, um, there's also a lot of times when you're just in the office and you're going, hey, I'm thinking of this or what do you think of this? So you're kind of banging ideas around with each other. So working with other people who have similar interests or who want to do the kind of, same kind of thing um, and, and test your ideas out um, you know, on other people. And, and, and that's what another great thing that I learned is, you know, you may think it's great, then you're gonna, you're gonna get a response from someone you read the script to. And then when it's shot and edited and put in front of an audience, then you get a whole other response. And you're gonna find out, oh, is this funny? Or is it not? Or is it kind of like, kind of funny, you know? So um, the, the number one thing is sit down and, and, and do, do the work. That's great. And um, that's really good advice. So my second question, excuse me, sorry. Um, do you have a favorite segment or moment from your KCTS program, Art Zone with Nancy Guppy? And why is it your favorite? Oh, gosh, you know, it, since it's been 10 years, it's like, uh, there's so many um, different, different types of pieces. There's stories on an artist that I that a freelance photographer, producer, editor put together that I might've come up with the person they should do the story on, but I didn't have anything to do with the creation of it. Um, so there's those kind of things, there's interviews I do. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just go off in the moment here, right on the, at the, off the top of my head. Um, um, I've done a few interviews with people that were, one was really, really fun. It's this artist, um, her name is Dame Edna. And I don't know, you might not even know who that is. This is a person, out of uh, England, no, no, originally out of Australia, I think. Um, but it's this gigantic character. It's a man, uh, Damon is the character, but it's not doing a drag character. It's very much of Damon is Damon. It's not. It's not a. It's it's not a Barry Humphreys as Damon. It's like this whole thing. So, and I love this character. And Damon is coming through town on a huge tour and worldwide tour and I got a chance to to interview her and I have never laughed more in my life in an interview the whole interview itself ended up being I don't know 10 minutes or once we kind of did some editing but she I, I couldn't control myself and that is not normal I mean I laugh and I like to laugh but it's not often that I get just kind of you know, I just kind of get slayed by somebody and she was, and she was really focused on me and really lit, making good <laughs> eye contact and just saying things that were just killing me. So that one I loved. Um, and, you know, we just recently did a story on an artist who lives in Ellensburg, um, who's kind of a outsider artist, I guess you would say, doesn't even really define themselves as, as an artist, but it's a really beautiful little tiny story of this young man and kind of the life he's leading over there. Um, and there's something uh, about the way that story is told through the shooting, through the editing, through the production values that um, it's very pleasing to me. And I feel like when, when this young man saw the story, saw the piece, and it was just a couple of weeks ago, he loved it. And that is, that is gold for me and more than anything i really want to respect whoever it is that i'm we're, we're focusing on whether it's dame edna or this young guy um but i want them to feel like they were 
we captured a true moment of them, not their whole story, obviously, but I want them to feel like they were seen, you know, and that, that it, it reflects who they are. And so that was really, made me really, really happy. So those are two. <laughs> That's really cool though. Those are some really nice stories. That was interesting. So my third question is, what would you say is the biggest difference between acting in a comedic project like sitcoms, rom-coms, those sort of like films or TV series and sketch acting? And how can actors transitioning between the two navigate that difference? You know, unfortunately, I'm not the greatest person to answer that. I will answer it, but I um, didn't really do much performance outside of sketch. So um, I've done a tiny bit. Um, but one thing is true is sketch comedy. So here's maybe here's some uniquenesses, super short, you know, they're short, short, short. And they're kind of um, kind of set up punchline, usually kind of, you know, not there's character driven for sure in sketch, but it's, it's just a that much faster thing. So you don't develop anything over time. <laughs> Whereas if you're in a, obviously in a sitcom or a series, um, you have to figure out who is your character and that that arc that's gonna um, that's gonna kind of keep unfolding. Um, so that's my sense. Again, since I haven't since I haven't done um, um, you know like like I said sitcom stuff. Um, but I but I would also say that there's some fundamentals to acting that it really doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's a film or a series or a sitcom or a sketch. Um, it's it's specificity be, be specific on what are you who are you what are you saying why are you saying it um and connecting if you're in a scene with other people sketch or again a longer form connect with them because that's where it's interesting i mean that the interest is in the the um the connection between characters and the more detailed somebody presents themselves as not so much saying, not telling us with words, but showing us who they are. You know, that's always it's like what you I mean. Why are they? That's what. What? Hmm, that's odd. What they're wearing there. I mean, whatever it is, you can. You, the audience can start to grab onto it. So don't be like you know. We started this whole podcast. I kind of gave you the flyover, right, of my career. Don't fly over ever with performance, no matter how short or long your your role is. Dig it. Dig into it and make it um sharp okay yeah i love that so um i'm that's all that's all of my questions for now sorry i can't speak right. <laughs> and now we're going on to athena thanks yeah so we got to talk a little bit earlier like you briefly touched base on your experience working here locally in seattle and and what i really love about us getting to meet with you is that you do have this great perspective from right here in our own city. Because normally, you know, people get so wrapped up in, oh, I can only do this if I'm in L.A. or I can only do this if I'm in New York. And being able to hear from someone that firsthand, you know, did this right here in our own city is, is really special. Um, so leading with that, my, my first question for you is, how is it like working in both stage and screen acting in Seattle. Did you find a difference in the local experience compared to your time in LA? So here in, in Seattle, I did fringe theater. I, that's how I started in live theater. And then, um, and then obviously TV. And then in, in Los Angeles, I was mostly just a writer. So my background is really 
not heavy as a performer other than sketch with 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 uh, almost live and then as myself now on you know on with art zone um i don't um i don't really think of myself as a i'm not i don't feel like i'm an actor um and i don't feel like i i'm a little too um this isn't really asking answering your question but i'm gonna say it anyway um um it like like live theater scared too scared i made me really nervous made me really nervous going up on lines and i did i went up on lines panicked me so um i've never been a to me i'm i don't personally feel like i've ever been a supernatural actor i can do certain things certain things well but um i'm not a broad stroke and i don't love being up on stage and love performing like i said i love the writing of it the crafting of it the controlling of it um, and then of course i want it to turn out exactly how i want it to turn out which doesn't always happen um so I, I think the difference though, if I, if I can kind of answer that question, Seattle versus LA, is um, it is a much bigger pond in LA or New York. And um, it's, dog, it's more dog eat dog. It's way more competitive. Um, the, if you're a big deal in Seattle, you're not gonna be a big deal in, in LA until, until, you met, until you are, until you, maybe you make it to that degree. Um, but I think I could, I think if I had, I had aspirations at one point of SNL, like, oh, I want to be an SNL, some pipe, you know, kind of fantasy. I think it would have destroyed, I don't think I could have handled it. I don't think I could have handled that, that crucible of intensity and, and so much bigger and so much more competitive. I just don't think I had the backbone at all for that. So, so for me, the lower, it's like the stakes in Seattle were lower. Um, you still want to do what good work and you're not, you're not going to be rewarded for bad work. But um, it just wasn't as intense, and um, that worked better. Worked better for me, you know. But you can't be a star if you stay in Seattle. I mean, kind of have Absolutely. to go to the big, big links. Does that answer your question, kind of? Yeah, for sure. Like different comfort zones, and and you know, each place has its limit, but it's breaking through that. And I think what's cool about getting to start in a place like Seattle is that it kind of gives you that ground base where you learn a lot of those lessons and then when you carry them with you, you know, you're not starting from scratch. You've already exactly. And base. let me just tell you really quickly, Joel McHale, I don't know if you guys know who Joel McHale is. Joel was an intern. He was to the UW. He was an intern on Almost Live. He ended up going and getting his acting degree at the UW. And then he went to LA and he got a show on the E! Network called The Soup. He was on the sitcom Community. Have you ever saw Community? Um, yeah, he was a big main star. Jeff is his name. So, so Joel's background here. My point is to what you just um, said. There, um, Joel's background in in at almost live. He learned something. Well, I don't know if he would say he did, but um, he learned some things here that no question helped him in Los Angeles. He had great natural talent, but he also learned some basic skills that he um, was able to bring to LA and I'm sure that helped him in, in the path that he chose and the path that he went along. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and leading that into our second question here, um, you know, you've been able to, to spend time in this industry as it's kind of shifted and changed and grown. Um, so how have you personally seen the industry shift and diversify? As time has gone on and are there different rules of the game that you've seen develop as different types of media have changed yeah i mean i think 
when I started, you know, we were on King TV and there was three main networks when I started, King, Cairo, Como, four, five, and seven. There was also nine and 11, but the three main ones. Um, and at that time, those, those TV stations were privately held. They were not public companies. And that, the reason that's important is that there weren't stockholders and those stockholders didn't have any say on what the programming decisions were. So when Almost Live started out, when it first hit the air in like the mid eighties, well before any of you were ever born, um, it, was, um, it was not good. But it, there, was, there was like a latitude kind of like, well, let's let kind of like whatever, let it kind of try to find its way, let it try to find its feet, you know? And it, it, so, so it did, eventually it did find its way, it did find its voice, and then it became a, a going concern. But nowadays, certainly in, in television, commercial television, um, there isn't the time to try things out. This is my perception, anyway. There's not the time or commitment from the people who own or run t TV stations, whether it's local or national, um, to let things kind of find their way. You know, it's kind of like it's not working, cut it. If, if, you know, oh, you know, panic, 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 because there is that shareholder thing going, wait a minute, we don't want these shows that aren't doing well, so there's the advertising revenue goes down, so we don't get good dividends. I mean, it's all this weird domino effect. And that isn't good for creativity. Creativity needs a lot of space and time to find its, to find its grounding, you know. On the flip side, um, there are opportunities now to, you know, you can do a podcast. You're doing a podcast now. Well, let's face it. I don't know where you're showing this or what platform it's on or whatever, but that wouldn't have happened, um, you know, 25, 30 years ago. So, People can have an idea, get it basically worked and out, and then start trying it out in real time like this, right? So that's a huge plus, I think. Um, there's more product as a result, so maybe it's hard to kind of kind of break through when there's so much stuff out there that people have to try to find, you know, what 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 they like or what what's good. But often the good stuff will rise to the top. So it's kind of this weird, interesting, you know, trade-off. Um, uh, it is it is a different world with the with with the World Wide Web, as we like to call it. Um, and um, and I'm not sure what all the decisions that are being made in the um, in the, in the uh, you know TV like um, what NBC or ABC or CBS. I don't really know how they make decisions. But now, of course, there's you know I mean all the cable stuff and Netflix and all this who are putting out fantastic work. So that's a plus. That's cool. And that's so there's way more opportunity.